0: Hello, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, the sound of the start of your weekend. We are sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell. He's George Ehrlich. This podcast is for over-18s only. Gambling comes with significant risks, and anytime that you place a bet, you are taking that risk. So make sure you understand the risks that come with gambling. Head to BeGambleAware.org for more information. George, something of a belated Betting show this week for absolutely acceptable reasoning.
1: Yeah, we we're recording this at eleven forty one on Friday. Uh, a delayed betting show because frankly we don't have any idea which games are going to be going ahead. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd probably wager that one of the games we're going to preview in this betting show at least one probably won't take place. But um, we've you know if we we've seen quite a few go due to the current wave of of COVID. In the last 24 hours or so and you know even in the last 10 minutes we've seen a couple more in league two bite the dust so you know it, it's not the most important thing is that the games that, that do go ahead um that everyone is safe of course and just fingers crossed this whatever we're going through at the moment is over as soon as possible and we get back to having um safe uh, full dockets fairly soon but we'll do our best to preview what is at the moment still scheduled to take place apologies if you're listening to this and all the games don't happen
0: it's fair to say that you and I are both fairly down about the whole situation, but at the same time we would like to keep doing the podcast regardless and we hope that uh it's good fun to listen to and we need a reaction to last weekend, George. It was an absolute bloodbath on this podcast oh. um a bloodbath that is never too far away, I think when punting on the e f l and dare I say it around winter time even more so um No winners for you, I'm afraid. The Brandon Thomas Asante anytime pick was as good as it got because he was not in the squad and so that was a voided bet.
1: Goes down as a winner in my mind after the shambles of the rest of the weekend.
0: Yeah, Exeter, Wigan, Laying Sunderland and BTTS, yes, in West Brom Reading were all losers and pretty similar with me. Forest Green threw away a 4-1 lead to draw five all in my nap. Uh, Bradford went down to 10 in the first half and drew with Sutton. Preston beat Barnsley, they were my lay bet Uh, and my over 2.5 fourfold. I got Two out of four up. Uh, Matty Stevens saved the day. Uh, a winner at 13 to 10, scoring any time for Forest Green against Oldham. So let's get into it, George. What is your best bet of the weekend? What's your nap?
1: My nap is six to four about Sunderland to go to Portman Road and beat Ipswich. Um, I came unstuck with Ipswich last weekend. As seemingly all of my uh, bets on football at the moment go, um, the team I bat went ahead and then didn't win. Um which is frustrating, but there we go. Uh, Ipswich weren't up to much in that game. They were fairly fortunate to get the point at Wigan. Um, James Norwood coming in from the cold to to win it. Um, and Conor Chaplin, you know, the, the the key point of the game, you know, obviously I'm not going to pretend that I, I could see what happened, but Conor Chaplin, Wigan fans convinced he should have been sent off at 1 0, which would have changed the game entirely. But hey ho. Uh, um, but Ipswich under John McGreal have put in three performances, one away at Uh, at Charlton which was one of the worst performances um, of the season for Ipswich they then went to Wigan and and weren't great again but but took a point one all and then they went to Barrow in midweek which is terrible preparation for this one and they were absolutely dreadful in losing 2-0 to a League 2 side so they are coming to this with Kieran McKenna rumoured to be on the verge of taking over it could be announced I think before the game itself but that appointment is unlikely to have any impact at all on, on what happens here Um, even if he is in the dugout uh, you have to say given he hasn't taken the job yet and it's Friday afternoon or nearly Friday afternoon Um, and Sunderland on the other hand come into this in magnificent form you know that that blip we saw has has certainly they've turned the corner since then Um, they were good in the 0-0 to the 1-0 draw against Oxford they then blitzed uh, Morecambe 5-0 they were unbelievably good in the first half against Plymouth Argyle winning that one 2-1 but they could have been further clear in the first half against a side that I still rate very highly and you know, all of the concern about their injuries and absente- absentees Um, you know not only McGeady in 09 but all the left backs as well the performances they put in, in the last couple of weeks have really shown that they've got a strength and depth that I'm, I'm not necessarily sure us or Sunderland fans thought they had a couple of weeks ago um, De Xhaka is, is really coming to the fore Um, you know Ross Stewart's goals may have dried up somewhat but, but Broadhead is now playing very well Um, Dan Neal's doing well in the middle of the park they've just got a lot of quality players and they're, they're operating at a high level and you know that those streaks under Lee Johnson, uh, the poor streak seems to be over, and they look back on a on an upward trajectory as well. Um, a bit behind the price here. Uh, you know, if we'd recorded this yesterday for stretching, new I've got a, I've got a better price. Um, but I think six to four. There's still plenty in there to to get excited about. So that's my, um, nap
0: is Sunderland to beat Ipswich away. My nap is Salford to beat Stevenage in League Two this weekend. Even money with the Betfair Sportsbook. It's more about the away side than the home side that I'm backing. (coughs) Stevenage are massively in a rut at the moment and the appointment of Paul Tisdale doesn't look to have changed anything significantly Uh, in data terms this is a match between the two worst teams in League 2 over the last four games in terms of XG ratio Stevenage 29%, Salford 31%. These two teams are consistently uh, giving up a ton more chances than they are creating over the last eight, Stevenage still down there right at the bottom, 29.8% XG ratio, Salford's at 40% so uh, more of a um you know more of an extended run of of terrible performances from Stevenage Salford perhaps in something of a blitch but a blitch a glitch a blip <laughs> i've just mixed blip and glitch and i love it uh, and stevenage uh, well desperately poor away from home this season uh, a one win two draw six defeat record and the win was the second match day, their first away game of the season at Bristol Rovers where it was nil-nil until the 89th minute and they nicked two goals in injury time against a, a Rovers team that you might remember were um, not ready to start the season really. They certainly didn't hit the ground running, did they? It's a over the course of the whole season, a 35% uh, XG ratio away from home for Stevenage. It's a big issue for them. And there's nothing in the recent performances to suggest that Tisdale has, has got any more of a tune out of of them uh, than alex ravel had and i would be somewhat concerned if i were them because i do think they are stuck in a rut now salford city i think regular li- listeners to the pod know I don't really like them that much as a team overall. I think they are underwhelming. I think they are underperforming uh, and they're certainly not at the level that they need to be. Boyer's chopping and changing of the system is is uh, confusing me. Um, he's played so many different formations recently, So tried so many different things to try and land on a winning formula. But I think in doing so, harms his chances of landing on a winning formula, uh, if you know what I mean. So he, he has to find something that allows them to win more than one in every three, three and a half, four games, which is their average at the moment. It's not good enough, but uh, hopefully Thomas Asante will be back after missing last weekend. You picked him to score last weekend. I would hope that he could do some, uh, some good things for me this weekend. Uh, what I will say about Salford, because obviously I'm picking them as my nap, and that seems quite doom and gloom, is that they do, they do win games at League Two level. And when they do, it tends to be these sorts of games. They've played five bottom half teams at home this season. They've won three, all to nil, and they've drawn the other two. They might not be as good as they should be, but I think they're good enough in this exact scenario to do the job against this Stevenage side that I think are in pretty poor nick so if i had to be more specific um in my head this is a a, a nice little two nil job george i'm thinking probably matty lund on the score sheet uh, and maybe thomas asante as well so you can tell i've thought about this one a lot i think i know what's going to happen a fairly comfortable home win for salford showing that even if they aren't particularly good they're a lot better than stevenage at this moment in time what's your next best
1: my next best is tonight hey.
0: um
1: which might be we don't have many games to choose from. So I'm sorry for listening to this on Saturday morning. Um, although I'm not sorry if it's lost because then you've saved your bacon. Um, but given that we can be fairly confident that the game is going to go ahead, um, it seemed maybe wise to include the one match, which is most likely to, to go forward. And it's Barnsley against West Bromwich um, Barnsley under Poya Asbagi have done very little, uh, to suggest there's going to be much improvement there, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> that's not to say that it, in long term uh, it's not going to improve, uh, but generally they've they done very little to me to suggest that they are ready to um, step up. You know, If you look at the XG ratio table, they are bottom in the last four games, they're bottom in the last eight games, 33% and 37% um, over the two in the last four games, they've created 0.84, 1.58 against. And when you consider those games of Preston, Huddersfield, Peterborough and Swansea, four teams who are themselves not in very good form, it's it's pretty concerning. Baggies um, are back on the winning trail, really. You know, they, they batted Reading 1-0, uh, as much of a battering as a 1-0 can be. Um, they beat Coventry impressively 2-1 before that. And they look to me to be, you know, they've, they've got through a, a tricky patch and whether or not they can keep the fans on board, I'm not sure. But as we've known, their away form at times this season has been better than their home form because that um, those issues around maybe fan um, support hasn't really been been noticeable. So I think they are, you know, they're, they're four to six favourites to win this and, and rightly so, although there was a bit of four to five yesterday. Um, but I think if they do when they should win it, well, I, I can't see any reason why they won't give Barnsley the same kind of treatment as Reading. They created, I think, three and a half XG against uh, against Reading. That one goal win doesn't paint the full picture at all. Um, I think the likes of Carl and Grant and Callum Robinson, are going to have plenty of opportunities to show their quality here. I, I think it could basically end up in a bit of a rout, if I'm honest. Um, Alex Mauer and Valerian Ishmael returning to Barnsley as well. I've got a feeling Ishmael will probably get a better reception than Mawit, maybe. Um but I think the the two to one minus one is is cracking value because if I'm right, if if the game plays out the way I think it's gonna be, then West Brom should have plenty of opportunities to really make their their dominance show so yeah baggies minus one at twos is my next best
0: callum robinson to score was initially my goal scorer pick at seven to five with the sports book Uh, and then i found something better but uh, i'll be backing robinson for sure tonight and i agree agree with what you've said there Uh, i'm backing fleetwood to beat morecambe this weekend in league one at 31 to 20 2.55 the price here to win at morecambe at the last few weeks you have to say, have been positive for Fleetwood Town since Simon Grayson sacked. I I guess there was an extent to which I was just quite accepting of a Fleetwood Town relegation because I perceived the club to be cutting costs, to be cutting their cloth accordingly, basically, and to be much less reliant on their owner's uh, wealth to to fund a League One standard squad. Uh, And Simon Grayson uh, sort of bore the the brunt of that, I suppose, and, and had the team pretty much where I thought they should be in the, in and around the relegation zone and I was probably guilty of writing them off to, to a certain extent but certainly the last few weeks have been very positive since Simon Grayson was sacked and Stephen Craney uh, who was previously with the under 23s or the academy uh, who knows a lot of their young players very well has come in they're on the back of uh, two wins in a row. the beating Bolton and Gillingham. In fairness, not sign of, of an amazing League One team to beat those two sides at the moment, but certainly one good enough to put away teams that are in bad shape. And, you can see the energy and the, the exuberance, uh, the good vibes, if you will, that Craney's brought. Now, that doesn't last forever, and it doesn't always take you where you need to be, but it's certainly uh, a change from what was happening before, and, and you can see it in the way that they're playing, particularly in attack. They have got experience at the back, which is kind of a relief when you're backing them. Uh, Cairns in goal, Clark and McLaughlin uh, at centre-back, Danny Andrew, of course, the goal-scoring left-back, so good from set-pieces. They make up four of the back five. And and then outside of that, it's, as I say, youthful exuberance. A lot of players that Craney knows from the academy, from the 23s. Uh, Jay Matete and Biggins in midfield have been very good. Paddy Lane, the star last weekend, that they signed him in the summer. He's not from the academy, but he has leaped four divisions from Hyde Town in the seventh tier to Fleetwood in the third. And he's the joint highest assister in the whole of the league having started nine games his left-footed delivery is teasing it's very difficult for for teams to deal with uh Callum Morton's obviously been very good he's not scoring as many goals as I think you and I think he should score but he provides so much outside of that anyway I think he picked up a knock last weekend so I'm hoping that he's available um but I, I I like the vibe for Fleetwood Town I think they're they're in they're enjoying their football and they're providing a pretty good threat to the opposition and they seem to have tightened up a little bit because previously that was what was really letting them down. Now, are Morecambe in bad shape? It's, I find it difficult to criticise them too much because budgets for the level, summer overhaul, losing the manager that took them up, losing uh, two key men particularly in Lavelle and Mendes Gomez and having to buy a whole new team. I I find it difficult to be critical but the facts are they've lost eight of their last 11 in the league with one win in that time and two draws. The win was this reverse fixture uh, against Fleetwood and it was Cole Stockton's halfway line injury time winner in front of the away end so no little motivation you'd think for Fleetwood Town here. Uh, I should say more have played seven top half teams in the last 11. So it's been a tough run, but they haven't quite been at the levels that they need to, in order to, to stay above the dotted line. Their XG ratio in the last eight games and the last 12 games is 33%. That means the opposition are creating on average twice as much as they do in games. And that's a problem if, if the goal is to pick up points and not least when, you know, on an attacking end, you are so reliant on one player for your open play goals. Um, Stockton, Of course, who has four in his last 10, not quite the goal-scoring form of the early part of the season. Fleetwood, another angle here is that they have scored a league-high 14 goals from set pieces. Now, many of those are Danny Andrews' uh, direct free kicks, but... Lane's delivery, Andrew delivery from set plays, a real danger here. I'd fancy Andrew with a a couple of long-range free kicks with Leatheran in the Morecambe net, who I'm not sure is a particularly strong shot stopper at this level. Uh, And Morecambe set piece-wise, well, they've conceded 12 from those situations, which is the second worst in the league. So I certainly think Fleetwood are the better side at the moment. I don't think Morecambe's home home advantage is giving them a huge amount at this moment in time, and I'm a little bit concerned about their performance levels. So uh, backing Fleetwood to make the most of that at 31-20, to 2.55 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Don't forget that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and to multiples. No cash-out suspensions whatsoever while these games are on uh, on match odds bets for all EFL games. Let's make use of the exchange now, George. Who are you laying?
1: yeah i struggled here to be honest as smaller a, a lay as possible the only one i'm, I'm tempted just to, to get against at even money is is forest at home to hull <clears throat> um that's nothing against forest i think they've been decent i bat them um against swansea uh when they went and did a job um last weekend um there was there was bits of the first half performance that you could probably pick holes in but they're, you know, the data is very good. They're they're fifth um, for the last four games. They're they're fifty three percent, fifty six percent. So it's not like they're getting lucky. Um, the only thing that is is kind of pushing me that way is that I don't think Hull's recent form is is fluke. I, I think they are genuinely operating as a mid table spend at the moment. I think the. Um, the consistency of their team selection, having all the players necessary available, having Honeyman, having Lewis Potter coming to form, has been massive. They're just a completely different side now to to what they were um, before. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a strong fancy at all. But at even money, I think Forrest might just be a little bit short, um, given they're up against a side who are full of confidence on a on you know on a path towards better performances. Um, and we'll come here fancying their chances to to mount a bit of an upset. But yeah, nothing nothing too bullish here for me for the for the lay part.
0: Yeah, almost the exact same vibe for you. It's sort of uh, not hugely confident lay of Blackburn. Also at Eva Money, I got matched this morning on the exchange. They're at home to Birmingham City this weekend. And I suppose this is more of a... This is more of a stance of Blackburn are in incredible form at the moment. They've won five of their last six. They've won their last three home games. And this is me saying, I don't know if they're quite playing well enough to keep winning games to that extent which is not a hugely controversial statement um they are in the the well at the top of the championship seeded batch and i think if there's one thing that we've learned over the years and in particular this season it's that you know any games between those in fourth and those and sort of 20th in the league Pretty much anything can happen and that's why for the most part I avoid backing teams in the Championship because it, it tends to lead to surprise and disappointment I think. Um, Birmingham have been a, a mixed bag recently. Uh, one win, one defeat, two draws. There's no doubt this season that we've seen a, a big improvement. Under Lee Bowyer they've had a really strong start and then a blip and then another strong spell and, and now have they had a, a small blip? Uh, only one win in their last six but uh, they've drawn two of those games as well. They have had absence issues there, particularly in the centre of the park where they've been playing a 17-year-old James who's done really well. But the good news for Blues is that Gardner and Woods are back from their suspension. It instantly makes the first 11 and the squad... Uh, uh, looks so much stronger. Maxime Collin, as well, is back from injury. He's been a huge, huge miss because they really don't have anyone else natural in that right wing back position. I think from what Boyer said, it's unlikely Colin will start this game just because he has been out for so long. Um, But he's around. The whole vibe is that of them being boosted by returning uh, players rather than absentees. Now, Blackburn, they'll be without at least two players due to Covid per Tony Mowbray he didn't say who but two players cannot play uh, Nyambe whether it's him or not um, in, in sort of general injury news he came off last weekend I think Mowbray said he, he's sort of okay but again he's kind of their only natural right wing back and the workload is really taking a lot out of him so it, depending on on what he's, his training's been this week it might be that Nyambe doesn't start this game as a precaution in which case again that's a big miss for Blackburn so I feel like Blackburn Missing some players, whereas Blues are getting some players back. Just the general way that this game might play out, I think, suits Birmingham. Now, Blackburn are not the possession based pretty side that we saw last season in fact they play a lot more direct but I think that can play into Birmingham's hands they've they've got to be sure of two things not over committing going forward and allowing Blackburn a lot of space in transition they have to squeeze the centre of the pitch so that those Blackburn central midfield players can't dart through like Rothwell um, but most importantly they need to just desperately man mark Britton Diaz and make sure that he doesn't get any big chances. I think they can frustrate and disrupt this expectant Rovers' side uh, and then, as I say, it's just about keeping Britton away from, from any major chances and if they do that, I think they can re- rain on the Rovers' parade a bit. I'm going to predict an end to Blackburn's winning run. I've laid them at even money on the Betfair exchange this morning. Uh, a goals bet now.
1: Yeah, over two and a half at even money in Sutton against Harrogate. Uh, I'm surprised this is not odds on, because these are two sides who I think we know enough about, two managers in Matt Gray and Simon Weaver, who I think we know enough about where uh, attacking is, is kind of the cornerstone of what they do. Um, looking at recent games, Sutton will feel very disappointed to have um, not beaten Bradford on the road, given Bradford were down to 10 men fairly early on, but it were finished 2 all. They then lost 3-2 with their own red card uh, prior to that against Newport. That we see fairly consistently i mean the only that they don't concede that many goals at home but we've seen them beat Port Vale in that remarkable 4-3 game recently we saw them um lose 2-1 to swindon as well See seen them beat Carl 4-0 you know their games are, are, are pretty regularly full of goals uh if not at both ends then at least at one end and harrogate you know this has been we've got 18 months worth of, of harrogate data now and, and they are a side who we see a lot of goals in their games. You know, they their last three games have all copped over two and a half against Pompey in the Cup and then losing at home to Forest Green four one and then Cobblers two one before that. Um I, I don't see any reason why both teams won't come into this with attacking on the agenda. That's also played out in the in the numbers as well with last four games, Sutton's um XG showing 1.56 going forward, 1.63 against, and Harrogate's 1.37, 1.55. That is played out basically throughout the season as well with Sutton, especially a team who concede a lot of chances and and create a lot as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty strong on this. I think it should be a decent game if it goes ahead and should be plenty of goals in it too. So over two and a half and even money, Sutton versus Harrogate.
0: I'm approaching the goals bet this weekend in my sort of lucky dip of of different approaches with an overs treble, uh, down one from the overs fourfold last weekend. Um, I've got a treble, one from each division. Uh, It's a a 6.48 treble with the Betfair Sportsbook, over 2.5 goals in Fulham against Sheffield United. That's on Monday night. Um, for obvious reasons, really. Fulham's firepower, Sheffield United improving somewhat at the back, but I still think um, Fulham have plenty of opportunity to exploit uh, any weaknesses in the United back line with the incredible quality that they have. But equally, as I always like for these over 2.5 bets, I can absolutely see Sheffield United uh, causing a threat as well, whether it's on the break, whether it's just quality of Gibbs-White and and the other attacking players they have. Cambridge versus Rotherham, uh, for the same reason why I, I had Rotherham in my quad last week I just think they alone are good enough to score three goals pretty much in every league one game at the moment Uh, and you know until they don't do that I'm going to keep backing overs in their games and Rochdale Newport again had them last week in the in the quad and they did the business Uh, they are agents of chaos that is my line on Rochdale at the moment and I'm sticking to it their games are crazy because they cannot defend but they do attack well. Jake Beasley, in particular, I think in League Two over the last five games, is miles clear in terms of expected goals. Uh, that you know He does take pens as well, and he did miss one the other day. Um, but Dale Newport make up the treble. That's Fulham, Sheffield United, Cambridge, Rotherham, and Rochdale, Newport overs treble at 6.48 uh remember with betfair if you bet 20 pounds on multiples or bet builders you'll get a five pound free bet also to use on multiples or bet builders t's and c's do apply for that so make sure you check them out on the site before taking them up on that offer we finish with a goal scorer
1: yeah i've been waiting i mean he's a anyone who listens to the pod regularly or um is in the NTT Twenty squad. We'll all know all about Jack Redone, Um and I've kind of bided my time waiting to pick him. Have you got him as well? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: nice no, doubling up. Um, Could not ignore where, it. No, I mean he's four to one to score any time, which is the way that I'm going. Um, and the reason why I'm putting the trigger now is because AFC Wimbledon are in, are in better form, and, and you can. I've, I've got some decent faith in them creating chances against Pompey on on Saturday. Um, he. I know I'm taking the words out of your mouth, Ali, but he has the the sixth best uh, XG per 90 from open play this season, which is remarkable given he doesn't really play up front. Uh, he's been in the goals recently. He's somebody who is a key attacking threat for for Wimbledon. Um, and, you know, they come into this having scored twice at, at Wickham, having scored twice at Accrington. Of course, Portsmouth come into this in good form as well. And, and it's not an easy game by any stretch. But I think when you've got the, the sixth biggest threat from open play in the division, you know his XG per ninety is better than McCauley Bond's marginally, um, better than Matty Taylor's, better than Ross Stewart's. Uh, four to one about him to score any time is, is wrong, isn't it? So,
0: so let's so let's back it. I can also understand why he's the price that he is because he's not a number nine, and and clearly, you know, I think we've all looked at enough goal scorer markets George to know that you know the, the position that they play clearly is is one of many factors that go into these prices so from our point of view it's just a way of finding some pretty obvious value here with the Betfair Sportsbook. but Rodoni 4-1 any time to score I'm going in as well uh, three shots or more in eight of his last 12 games and Wimbledon as you mentioned have picked up uh, Matt on the NTT20 betting squad mentioned that they have the highest XG4 over the last five games in the whole division in League One. So that early season vibrancy is very much back. Asal and Rodoni at the heart of it. So it's a, it's a double pick on the goal scorer. Jack Radoni 4-1 to any time to score for Wimbledon against Portsmouth. Uh, that's it from us, George. Let's see how this podcast ages. Normally they age poorly because picks don't win. This could age poorly because the games don't exist. Uh, but, but in case they do, why not recap your bets? So, my nap is um,
1: yeah, Sunderland to beat Ipswich away from home. Uh, Brom minus one tonight, next best. Forest are the lay, the very, very weak lay um, at home to Hull. Over two and a half, Sutton against Harrogate. Jack Rodoni to score any time. And yeah, for those who've been following me in recent weeks, apologies for the um, poor showing. Hopefully we can get some over the line over the weekend if the games go ahead.
0: Not like you to produce a weak lay. My nap is Salford at Even Money with the Betfair Sportsbook. My next best <laughs> is Fleetwood Town to beat Morecambe at 31-20. to 20. Uh, I'm laying Blackburn, strong lay. Uh, Blackburner even money uh, with the exchange uh, goals overs treble. Fulham, Sheffield United, Cambridge, Rotherham, Rochdale, Newport. One from each division that I expect goals in at six point four eight. The treble uh, and the goal scorer pick for both of us. Young Jack Rodoni in Southwest London for Wimbledon against Pompey at four to one. Massive thank you to Betfair for their continued support of this podcast, both the betting show and the Monday pod as well. We're so grateful that their support allows us to do what we do twice weekly. We hope you're enjoying it. It's a grind. We're a little bit concerned about what's happening and I'm no, I've no doubt that you guys are too, but, Uh, If you want to chat football, just let us know. We're always around at NTT20Pod on Twitter. Hope that you enjoy the weekend. Good luck with any bets that you do have. And we'll catch up on Monday. Who knows what we'll be talking about. I'm sure we'll find something.